What is up, everybody? It's your man Jared Wackerly here with DynastyNerds.com. This is the first rendition of the Dynasty Prospect Talk podcast. And I didn't even know I was going to make a podcast. I just knew that I need to get on the microphone, talk about these prospects, because this is what I love to do, man. I started a Devi podcast a year and a half ago about, and it was short-lived. I did like three episodes, didn't like it. I just, I don't like focusing on Devi. I don't like focusing on Campus to Canton because I feel limited and I feel constrained. I love playing those formats. Those are my favorite formats to play, Dynasty Fantasy Football. But what I really love to do is just focus on prospects, focus on these college football players. I love college football. I love trying to figure out the next players that are going to be studs on your fantasy football rosters. And whether it's an ego thing or what, we all love to be the first one to say, hey, I like this guy. <laughs> you, you don't have to admit it, but you know it's true. So I wanted to do this podcast where I was able to just give you my thoughts straight from the brain, no editing, no show sheet, whatever the fuck I think about these guys, and hopefully that can give you guys some value as to what to do with your dynasty fantasy football picks, whether you, you know, if, if you do play Debbie, if you do play Campus to Canton, then this will be good for you too. So follow along, tune in. I don't have a set schedule of when I'll be dropping these. I don't know. I literally just push record and I'm just going to go. So here I am. This is the first episode. Ride with me. Follow me on Twitter at Jared Wackerly FF. I appreciate it if you already made it here. I appreciate it if you're listening. We're not even three minutes in. So thank you. Let's get it. So week two of the college football season just ended. We had a few big games. The prospect landscape, I think we're starting to see a little bit into this class and what it's shaping up to be. Let's start with the running backs. So we have Isaiah Spiller. He's my RB1 right now. Brees Hall. He's mostly the consensus RB1, I would say, from the circles that I, I'm in and the people that I talk to. And just from what I see on Twitter, he seems to be like he's the RB1. But honestly, man, honestly, I just don't see it with him. He's my RB2 right now, but he might get moved. He might be getting slid back from there. Zach Charbonnet has been on a tear for the first two games through the season. I think he's got like 17 carries, I believe, for 200-some yards. He's breaking tackles left and right. He's a freight train coming through the line. Brees Hall, <clears throat> I just don't think he offers any sort of... I'm trying to put my finger on it. He's not explosive. He's a little slow-footed. He's not overly big. He's a good pass catcher. He doesn't offer you any sort of mismatch out of the backfield. He's not overly quick. He's He has great vision. He has great patience. And those are his best attributes. I don't think he breaks tackles all like like crazy. You know, I think David Montgomery was a be- better prospect out of Iowa State than I'm seeing with Brees Hall. This isn't a shit on Brees Hall take. I just think the consensus in the community is a little too high on him as a prospect. I don't think he's a day two pick. I think he's 
round four, five. I'm not sure that there's a day two pick running back in this class. That might be a little hot takey, but truly look at this running back class. We got Isaiah Spiller, Brees Hall, Zach Charbonnet, Zamir White, Kyron Williams. Do any of those guys scream second round pick to you? I could see Kyron Williams maybe coming in around three, Zach Charbonnet coming in around three, Isaiah Spiller. I could see it. I could see, you know, with a running back shortage in this class, like good running backs and a team really needs one going up and reaching for one of these guys. But none of these guys really offer anything special to me. I just don't see it. Now, what I will say with Isaiah Spiller and why I have him as my RB1, he's a guy that I did not like his freshman year. He got good burn, had good playing time, but I didn't like him. I thought he was a little slow-footed, didn't break enough tackles. And then we see him come into that next year, and man, he improved. He was working out with the footwork king in the offseason on Instagram. Not sure if you follow him, but followed along during the offseason, watched his videos, and man, that really carried over to the field. I mean, Isaiah Spiller looked quick last year for a big guy, a guy his size, and he offers a little more dynamic running back ability than I see with Brees Hall, and he's got the size. He's a guy that could be on the field for all three downs. He catches the ball well. He's able to make people miss on the perimeter. He breaks tackles. Now, I will say there are some instances. We, we actually did a Film Nerds tape review of him with myself, Nick Whalen, and Felix Sharp on the Dynasty Nerds YouTube channel. If you haven't checked those out, check them out. And there were times where he was getting taken down with arm tackles, and that can't happen. Not at the college level, not if you're an, a, an, a big-time running back NFL prospect. Now, he still has room to grow. This year he came in at 210 pounds. He dropped weight. I think he's trying to get faster. And that is one area of his game I think he does need to improve. So really interested to see how he improves in 2021. He had a good week one, 17 for 113 yards and two catches, 24 yards. No touchdowns, but in week two, he, real lackluster. Colorado somehow managed to shut down the Texas A&M offense. I know Haynes King got hurt and their backup quarterback came in, but you're Texas A&M and you're playing Colorado. Come on. Anyway, he had eight rushes for 20 yards, 2.5 per carry, but he finished with six and 56 and a tutty through the air. So that's what I like with Spiller. Uh, gives you that size, 6'1", 215, can run in line, catches the ball well, makes people miss. I just think he offers way more than Brees Hall, and I, I would be surprised if he's a day two pick. He's one of those guys that I could see making his way in there, but I don't think he's anything special. I think he will be a fantasy football running back, but I don't think he's anything long-term at the position that you are going to covet. You know, That's what I see with Spiller. Let's talk a little bit about Zach Charbonnet. I, I touched on him a little bit earlier, but man, this is a guy that we loved his freshman year at Michigan where he just tore it up and he was a tank. Forced to be reckoned with on the football field. Then we go into his sophomore season in 2020. COVID year gets a little banged up, but I think he has 17 carries on the entire season. Zach Charbonnet, if you're in Devy or C2C leagues, I mean, his value drastically fell. Now he transfers to UCLA, doesn't need to sit out, 
because of the new transfer rules and everything like that. And man, he is just tearing it up. I could easily see Zach Charbonnet at the end of the year being the RB1 in this class. Let me tell you why. Number one, he's got the size. 6'1", 220. I don't care who you are. Size matters. 220 pounds, 6'1". That is a big running back. On top of being a big running back, he's fast. This guy had the same 100-meter dash time as Travion Henderson, the freshman running back for Ohio State that everyone is in love with because he is super bursty, super fast, and he can break tackles. I'm a Buckeye fan. Just let y'all know that right now. Anyway, shout out to Ray GQ for giving me that information. I did not know that. Ray and I have been talking back and forth about Charbonnet and how good he has looked lately. He has a nice little comp for him. I'm not going to share that with you now. I'll let Ray do that, but shout out to Ray. Zach Charbonnet, he's able to make people miss. People slide off him. He can catch the ball. He offers a lot that some of these other running backs don't. I like bigger running backs. That's just what I like. I like them when they have the size, speed score that people are going to fall in love with at the combine because I play fantasy football. And usually that leads to higher draft capital. That leads to people taking him a little higher in their rookie drafts because of the size speed thing. It translates. It translates on the field. You can see it. Zach Charbonnet right now is on a freaking tear. And if he keeps this pace up in UCLA, ends up winning the Pac-12, he's going to be right there in the conversation for RB1. I'm calling it right now. There's nobody in this class that is solidified as the RB1. It is wide open. It is wide open at the wide receiver position. It is wide open at the running back position. It is wide open at the quarterback position. It is wide open at the tight end position. And I don't know if that's a bad thing in this class or a good thing, but I definitely think I personally, I do not think that's a good thing. There's no blue chips in this 2022 class. Sorry to say it, but you heard it here first. And I'm sure I have other people and friends in this community that feel the same. There's a lot of people I trust, a lot of people that I bounce ideas off of with these prospects. And I, you know, everyone's kind of fallen in line there. It's unfortunate. I would take the first four running backs right now on my board in the 2023 class over anybody in this 2022 class. Zach Evans from TCU climbed up there. Tank Bigsby, Auburn, Bijan Robinson, Texas, Jameer Gibbs, Georgia Tech. Those guys are studs. Zach Charbonnet, man, I'm telling you right now, write it down. He might be the RB1 in 2022. Notice I said might. A lot of game left in the 2021 season, but from what I see right now, what it's looking like. Next guy I want to discuss, Kyron Williams from Notre Dame. I brought him up to Ray. Ray's my boy, so you're going to hear me mention his name a lot. He's one of the guys that I talk prospect and college ball with probably the most in this space. He's one of my truly one of my good friends in this space. So him and I talk a lot. You might hear me drop his name a lot. And if you're not following Ray, but you follow me, you probably already are following Ray. It's at RayGQ on Twitter. Shout out to my man. Kyron Williams, a guy I like, brought up a few times. Some people think he's, he's a little undersized. I don't know, man. 5'9", 200 pounds. I mean, that's, 
that's girthy. <laughs> um, that's that's big for five nine. Now he might not be five nine. He might not be two hundred pounds. Who knows with these rosters and you know how they inflate size. But from what I see on tape, is a guy that can catch the ball. He always makes the first man miss. He can run in between the tackles. I like Kyron Williams a lot, man. I like him a lot. I know there's others in this community that feel the same. Some people have him as their RB1. Go back and watch the, the, the tape. If you are not a Dynasty Nerds subscriber, you need to subscribe because we have the Dynasty Nerds prospect film room where our guys, our tape cutters, cut up the tape of these players, break it down, cut out all the noise. You don't get to see the in-between commercial and all that shit. It's each play they're on the field. And we go right to the next when that plays over. Anyway, go back and watch Kyron Williams' tape from 2020. Kid's legit. 2021, he's been on a tear already. Week one, Florida State, 18 attempts, only 42 yards, but he had six catches for 83 yards and a touchdown. Week two versus Toledo, 16 attempts, 78 yards, touchdown, three catches, 25 yards. Kid's dynamic with the ball in his hands, man. But again, nothing special. Nothing you're going to covet on your fantasy football rosters once he hits the next level. Like I said earlier, not sure that there's a day two pick in this running back class. I'm pretty down on this class as a whole as where it stands right now. And that includes the wide receivers, which I'm planning to get into on the next episode. Been talking about these running backs at nauseum about 15 minutes now. I don't want these podcast episodes to be too long. Kind of just want to keep them as uh, quick hitters, quick little check-ins on the 2022 class. We'll talk about the 2023 class, and we'll get into the 2024 class as that picture um, gets painted a little more clear for us. But next running back I want to talk about before we get out of here, Zamir White out of Georgia. This is a guy that my buddy Garrett Price at Dynasty Nerds is very high on. He liked him a lot last year, thinking he was possibly going to declare for the 2021 NFL draft class. But he decided to return back to Georgia, and now he's got an offseason, being fully healthy under his belt. So it's going to be interesting to see how he performs this season in the 2021 season for Georgia. Georgia's got a very good team this year. They also have a few good running backs. they got James Cook, Dalvin Cook's brother, good pass catcher out of the backfield. They got Kendall Milton, a 2023 running back prospect. Big guy, breaks tackles very well, shifty. Good, Another good prospect, very highly recruited. The thing with Zemir White, he's got an injury history. 2017, senior year of high school, he tore his right ACL. And in his 2018 freshman year at Georgia, he, turned, he tore his left ACL. So... He had a bit of a rough start in his college career, but I will say I was impressed with Zamir White last year from the film that I watched. I, you know, we start grading these guys before declarations are made on whether or not they're going to enter a draft class or not. We start breaking down the film, and we're prospect nuts, so we're breaking down the film anyway, watching these guys all the time. Zamir White's a guy that he doesn't give me enough laterally. That t- for me to really, really fall in love. He was the RB1 in his recruiting class. He's got the pedigree. Good athlete. Breaks tackles very well. Hits the hole hard. 
runs hard. He just leaves a lot to be desired still for me in order for me to think he'll get day two day two draft capital. Uh, I think he's just a solid running back that'll find his way on an NFL roster, and if he does get a chance to play, I think he'll play well. I just don't think he's a guy that you're going to game plan around or build your team around or anything like that. But, like I said, we're super early into this season. We're two weeks through the college football season. There's a lot of games to be played still, a lot of stories to be written. I can't wait to get into this wide receiver class with you guys. Can't wait to talk about these quarterbacks. If you don't know me, I played quarterback in college, received a lot of D2 offers, decided D2 wasn't for me, went the D1 route, accepted a preferred walk-on at University of Akron. was trying to work my way to getting that scholarship offer. Went through a coach firing, had to start over, tore my hamstring, Played for a lot of good coaches. Joe Moorhead was one of my quarterback coaches and offensive coordinator. He's now the offensive coordinator at Oregon. One of the best offensive minds in college football right now, if you ask me. Another coach I had, Walt Harris, was one of the head coaches at Pitt. Coached Larry Fitzgerald. I learned from a lot of good people. I feel like I see the game differently than others. And I can't wait to get into the quarterbacks for that reason. I think I can offer a little bit more insight than what you would typically get. I'm listening to other fantasy football podcasts. That's not to down anybody else in this space, but I put in a lot of time in this game, and I'm hoping I can give you guys back some value from that. If you're still with me, I appreciate you guys listening. Getting close to 20 minutes here, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take us out. Probably see you back next week after week three of college football season. Who knows? Not really planning to stick to any sort of schedule with this podcast. Just want to get something out there, give you my thoughts as we go through this college football season. And have a good time, man. Who knows? Maybe we'll talk about some uh, some bets that I like for the week. Yeah, right now, actually, let's talk about it real quick. Cincinnati opening at minus 3.5. Give me that all day versus Indiana. I think they're going to wax them. Alabama open at minus 15.5 versus Florida. Give me that all day. Those are the two bets I like of the week. Lock it in. Put it in. Make your money. Until next time, we out of here. Peace.